Hey, podcast listeners, it's Representative Liz Olson. And this is Representative Jamie Long. And we are here with Representative Tim Mahoney, author of House File 6, The Wage Theft Bill. Well, good more- Good afternoon. <laughs> welcome welcome to the podcast. So this is uh, Omnibus Bill Week, Liz, so we got uh, a lot happening on the floor this week. Yeah, we are taking a little break here to record the podcast, but we are going to be in the thick of actually Chair Mahoney, his bill, which will include the wage theft bill, will be on the floor later today. So it's timely that we have him here today to fill us in all about this wage theft bill. So before we get to the bill, uh, we always ask a little bit about our guest district. So tell me a little bit about the, the place you represent. Well, I represent the northeast corner of St. Paul. Um, it's also the area that I grew up in. I now live about a mile from where I grew up. Um, but my district has Lake Phelan and the Phelan Park in it. Uh, it's been a blue-collar neighborhood since I was growing up with 3M and Ham's Brewery and Whirlpool. And now it has a whole new set of, of, um, of industries over there from the Phelan Boulevard that has about 3,000 jobs on it to areas throughout the district who have reinvented themselves. It's really a wonderful neighborhood. Um, I live on the street Grumpy Old Men was filmed on. Oh. You know, um, <laughs> I'm trying to bring some frozen fish up here to put in cars, <laughs> if you remember the movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good to have you, because you're the chair of the jobs bill, and you know to be talking about industry in your district mm-hmm. and how this impacts uh, wage theft and the bill we're talking about. But also, you yourself are of the building trades. You're a pipe fitter, is that correct? That's correct. That's Great. correct. Retired pipe fitter. Retired pipe fitter. I, I pulled that pin about six or eight years ago, somewhere in there. And now you're just doing this legislator thing. I am. It's been absolutely delightful, and I and I really feel when I can do a bill like wage theft, um, which really helps people um, make sure that they get the wages that they deserve. And just last year, they they the Department of Labor and Industry helped. 39,000 people get paid for what they were doing. And with this bill, because we're upgrading it and putting a lot of pressure on it as administrative issues rather than judicial courts, they envision um, being able to almost double that number. Wow. That's great. So some people might know what wage theft is. Some people might have a few ideas about different examples, but can you give us a few examples of what uh, what wage theft looks like in practice? Um, it it runs the gamut. It runs the whole gamut from the salesperson not getting all of their commission to the hotel or or small restaurant cook, chef, dishwasher not getting their full wages. So they could either be charged for lunch, charged for uniform forced to work off the clock, um, uh, people working overtime and not actually getting paid for overtime. Um, you know, it happens out in the farm country. It happens in the, uh, in the metro areas. It doesn't matter whether it's Duluth or Rochester or the Twin Cities. It happens across the state. Um, 
And that's, I think, why we put it in our top 10 bills, right? Is, you know, this is the Minnesota Values podcast, and it's talking about, we're talking about our top 10 bills that really reflect the kind of Minnesota we want to live in, from Rochester to Duluth to, you know, your district, Chair Mahoney. And so your bill really gets at that about, I don't don't think a lot of people realize um, that workers are going through this now and that we really need legislation like what you're putting forward. So can you tell us about what's in your bill and how this will help? Certainly I can. Um, in the past, the department has ha- not had the ability to go into a business's office and say, I really want, I want to see your HR records on pay. Um, it has not had the ability to go to court and get a search warrant. It's not had the ability to subpoena uh, records from an employer or an employee. Uh, you know, we're... The first bill said you had to keep them on the job site, and I finally made the realization that it's simpler if people can have them, that we can get to them within 24 hours. It was a big issue on business. Um, And in this particular bill, it defines wage theft, whereas wage theft was never defined prior to this. It just said wage theft. But we define it as, um, as what I talked about earlier, uh, we also put in, and it was never before, if you steal over 35000 from your employees, it's an enhanced penalty. And so um, I would imagine a lot of employees have a lot of fear about raising these issues or going to their employer, right? There's probably some concern about keeping their job or you know not knowing the right route. So this would provide tools that they would be protected, right, where there would be uh, the, the state coming in to help help enforce and it wouldn't be on their shoulders. Well, I, I'm going to say this, and I want to be very, very clear. This is a small number of employers, very, very small number of employers. Most employers pay their employees, and if, they was, if there was a concern, that employee could easily bring it to their employer, and the employer would deal with it and, and do, do the right thing. We had great fear. A lot of young, uh, a lot of people have fear about what they call uh, retaliation. And in this bill, uh, we put strong protections, very strong protections against retaliation, um, and gave that employee a route within the first ninety days um, to pursue some kind of retaliation charge against that employer. And again. I want to be really clear. This is a small group of, of people who um, who we're going after are the ones that actually use this as a business practice. Uh, the ones that use this as a business practice, I like to say, if you, if you steal from a bank, you go to jail. If you steal from your employees, you get to the, go to the Bahamas during the winter. And that's what some of these employers have done. Yeah. And you're someone that in the bill that you're putting forward on the House floor today, your jobs bill, you actually have a few of these top 10 bills. You have <laughs> um, the earn sick and safe time, you have the wage theft, and you have paid family leave. So you're someone who I've, I've known since my time here, you're, you're someone who supports the worker and you support families being able to make you know, decent wages and provide for themselves. So speak a little bit about how you see, you know, these bills passing and becoming law and how, how you would see things in Minnesota changing for the better as a whole with all of the work you're doing in, in this bill for workers and for families. Well, just to be clear here, um, yes, I really support workers and I fight like hell for them. Um, 
but I've also realized that if you don't have employers, you don't have employees, and people don't have a job. So I have to balance a little bit there, and I tried really, really hard. But in these three bills that we have up today, um, wage theft, earn sick and safe time, and paid family leave allow people to actually spend time with their family. If they're taking care of a, uh, of a loved one, a senior, you know, a grandma or grandpa, a mom or dad, um, if they're taking care of a young child, uh, I'm of that age where some of my friends are having some illnesses and their spouse is young enough to still be working. Well, they actually have to take time off to be with their spouse to actually make sure the medications are done correctly or, or that they keep them from getting depressed. There's an awful lot of that. Uh, I know of a couple families that have had children that have had real illnesses, and there's nothing more heart-wrenching to a mom or to, to a dad than to see your son or your daughter ill, in bed, not understanding anything, and you're the only one that they really take comfort in. Um, so that's the family medical leave. Uh, and it, it's more ra wide-ranging than just the two examples that I gave, but I don't want to take up too much time. Um, the earned sick and safe time, how many of us would like to watch a kitchen in, the, in a professional kitchen where someone has sneezed into the food because they're sick and they can't afford? Now, those aren't $100,000 jobs. They're twenty-five, thirty-five, forty thousand jobs, dollar jobs that you really can't afford to take time off. And typically it's not there. So the sick and safe time allows you to earn, I can't remember the exact time, whether it's three day, one day a month or something along those lines so that you can build up some time. Uh, so that you can take time off when you're sick and you're not getting everyone else sick as we did this year at the Capitol where how many people went out with the flu and everything right. else. Oh my God. Um, and the wage theft it's just a basic principle. If you put in eight hours of work, you should get paid for eight hours of work. And I don't really care. I could go on because I'm really thrilled with the wage theft bill, but I could almost get boring and people's eyes would roll back. <laughs> well, we, we certainly find it interesting. So the uh, these bills are really about fairness for workers, right? I mean, Correct. And they're broadly popular. It's, I, don't, I can't... I haven't heard uh, a lot of workers say, I wouldn't want time to take care of my, my you know, father or mother. I wouldn't want time to take off uh, when I'm sick. I, I really don't want to be paid my full amount, right? <laughs> it's, there's, <laughs> no, it's hard there's to make a, a pro-wage theft argument yes. uh, from a worker standpoint. Well, it's hard to make a, 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 an anti-argument on these bills, not only from a worker's standpoint, but if an employer actually has a path to follow that they can say, this is what we know we need to do. It's simpler than saying, oh, Liz, we really like you, or Jamie, we only sort of like you, or Tim, we really don't like you. So we're going to take care of Liz. We're kind of going to take care of Jamie, and Tim can, you know, the hell with them. Right. So are there any, you've heard this bill uh, through committee, and you've been working <laughs> on this a long time. Are there any stories that sort of resonated with you about individuals who would be helped by the wage theft bill? Oh, there's so many to talk about. Um, I, I'll, I'll do two of them. Um, one was a couple years ago, we had a trucking firm shut down and not pay anybody. And those workers, about 130 of them, pretty much were out of a paycheck. We had a nursing home, uh, a, a home nursing care 
that shut down. And these workers, because they were so engaged in those clients that they were taking care of, they worked an extra 45 days while the state tried to help get people to come back in and get those folks paid or you know find new caretakers. And the other one is uh, where I, I saw the, um, I don't want to mention the company, but I, I saw this woman who had recruited five other people to go to work with her on cleaning. And they, because of how some of the laws are structured that you don't have to pay but once every 30 days, we're changing that to 16 days. These, this group of five people worked for a month. And then the employer said, well, I'm having a little difficulty. I'll get you your check in a couple of weeks. So they literally worked seven weeks without pay. And, um, you know, these were not people with a lot of money. Uh, if you're doing cleaning, it's, it's not the highest paid job in the world. One or two of them got kicked out of their apartment because they couldn't pay the rent. And I'm not sure... I haven't been able to track down those two, but the others have uh, found jobs that with better employers. Well, and I know even in my district, I had a couple businesses reach out to me that I hadn't met with or whatnot about several of these bills, the paid family leave, earned sick and safe time and wage theft, that as employers that do well, they want all employers to do that because they realize that that, that benefits everybody and they want their workers to be healthy and they want them to be able to be productive and be with their families. So I think it's a you know very workers oriented as you just shared those stories, but you're right that it also impacts our businesses for the better as well. And, you know, as you're telling those stories too, it strikes me that oftentimes the people that are most impacted by what we're talking about are low-wage workers, are people that who maybe don't feel like they have a voice, uh, maybe women, people of color, those kinds of things. So this is a real equity issue too, and it really shows that Minnesotans care about each other you know, full stop. doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter the kind of work you have. I mean, you've really put forward quite a nice package here and I want to live in a state where, where these things are are the law of the land and I think we all do that's who Minnesotans are I'm looking forward to that I mean I think that's if we can put these past now the Senate at this particular time does not have the paid family leave and does not have the sick and safe time they do have a much watered down uh, oh I was really kind there wasn't I a, a, a really a really, really watered down uh, wage theft bill, and uh, but I will say one thing: they added in um, human trafficking, which is wherever you find wage theft, you oftentimes find human trafficking, or vice versa. If you find human trafficking, you're also finding wage theft. I mean, that's really good to hear that we're doing it in the house. There is maybe a path forward a little bit on the wage theft, but we have some more work to do. So. Today we're passing, well, fingers crossed, as, as if things go as we hope they will, we'll be passing these off the House floor and then being the chair of, of the Jobs and Economic Development Committee, you will also be taking these provisions into conference then, is that correct? I will be taking these provisions into conference along with broadband, which helps all of our, uh, so much of our greater Minnesota and much of the energy pieces will come into this particular committee, uh, conference committee. Mm -hmm. So... My work cut out for me, and I, I hope the world does not uh, hold it against me if I try to do these three things for workers before I get too worried about anything else. I was just going to say, well, we're behind you. Thank so you, you got a caucus <laughs> that's rooting for you to to take these, and, and we're we're there for you. Absolutely. So we always uh, like to wrap up with a, a fun fact about our guests. So what's, uh, what's something the listeners might not know about you? 
You know, let's see. Uh, back when I was 18, I spent four years on the road as a uh, carnival barker. <laughs> a carnival barker. I'm shocked, but not also shocked either, though. <laughs> <laughs> it, was the fun- it was one of the funnest jobs I ever had, but, you know, you spend six months on the road, it gets a little old, and... You know, there's not a lot of laundromats close to the fairgrounds. (laughs) Oh, that was a good fun fact. We've had dancers, carnival barkers. I can't remember everything, but we have a lot of talent in our caucus. Absolutely. All right. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate uh, your hard work on these bills, and good luck uh, with all the amendments and floor action today. Oh, I have confidence in our members. We're going to get this through into conference, and then we're going to win in conference. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you, and thank you, podcast listeners, for tuning in to another edition of the Minnesota Values Podcast. And we look forward to coming back uh, for another to continue our top 10 MVP bills.